Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Welcome, Community of Hope family. My name is Brandon Weaver. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I have been a part of Community of Hope for a little over 22 years. I've previously been on staff as our youth director, and it is such a pleasure and a privilege to be with you here today, to be able to preach and to teach. Uh, Pastor Trevor and uh, Pastor Dale, they came and they asked, hey, when you're down for the Christmas season, would you be willing to preach for us? Give us a little bit of a break. And, you know, because he's my father-in-law, I decided that's probably the wise thing to do. And so I'm able to uh, be with you here this morning, uh, just the church that has raised me, that has let me know what a relationship with Jesus is, where I've felt my call to ministry. Uh, It is just such an honor to be here with you this morning. And as per tradition for Community of Hope, we are beginning the new year talking about spiritual disciplines and how we can begin to grow and advance in our maturity and our fruitfulness for God's kingdom this coming year. And I don't know about you, but 2020, I have been wanting a lot more, right? It has left me wanting, not only spiritually, but physically and financially and in all these other areas of my life. And so for the next few moments, what I'm going to be doing is giving you somewhat of a glimpse into my own personal life of what has been the most fruitful and meaningful spiritual discipline that I have been able to participate in. But before we jump into that, I want to go ahead and offer a little challenge and encouragement for you, because I know sometimes when we are in entering into these new spiritual disciplines, uh, it can be a little bit intimidating. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do this study together. It's going to be beginning tomorrow. You're going to go on your version Bible app. If you don't have it, you can download it, whether it's Android, whether it's iPhone. It's a free app. And what you'll do is you'll go to the search bar, and you're going to type in Journey Through John. And we're going to Journal Through John. It's a 24-day study. I will be leading it. And what we're going to do beginning the 28th is we're going to come together as a community and we're going to say, hey, this matters. Our spiritual life matters. Our spiritual health is something that we want to invest in this new year. And this is wonderful. If you are new to church, if you've never opened the Bible, if you've known Jesus for 50 years, this is an awesome way to connect with your Christian community where we will be walking through the book of John in the New Testament together for 24 days. And what's so interesting is social psychologists and behavioral therapists say it takes about 21 days to form a habit, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. And so for 24 days, day after day, we're going to come together as a community and we're going to be reading through John, growing and learning together. So I just want to go ahead and lift that up. If you're taking notes, write that down. And as we begin our time together, I want to open a passage of Scripture to help ground us in today's message. And if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. This is what it says. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Have you ever gotten to a moment where you felt completely lost? 
Haley and I were driving down from Wilmore, Kentucky, and it's a little over 900 miles. And if you know me, you know I'm the type of person that likes to be prepared. And so I'm looking up all the different routes and what's going to be the possible, you know, fastest possible route. And we were going to come through a snowstorm, so I'm trying to avoid that at the same time. And, and as we're driving and everything seems to be going towards the plan and we stop for breakfast and we get back on the road. And then about an hour and a half later, I realize, oh, I, I, I don't know where we are. This isn't the signs that I should be seeing, right? I should be seeing a different city that we're, we're heading to. And Haley was taking a nap and she woke up and she's like, you're lost, aren't you? And because I'm the mature person, I said, no, I'm not lost. I just don't know where I am at the moment. And we began to find our way back on track and, and get back in, in line. And it, it obviously worked out just fine. But there are moments in our life in which there are seasons, there are signs that we are seeing that are not signs we want to be seeing. We're going places we don't want to be going. We want a different heading in life. And what I love about the psalmist is that he reminds us that God is going to guide us and to instruct us. But the question is, are we carving time out of our days to listen to what it is he's trying to teach and instruct us to do? And so for the next few moments, we're going to be looking through my favorite spiritual discipline that helps me hear the voice of God through his word. And what I know about using this spiritual discipline is that normal people can hear the voice of God through his word. And I'm convinced that if you've never heard the voice of God, start journaling through John with us and you will. God will meet you where you are. And so for the next remainder of our time here today, the method in which we're going to be unpacking, and I'm going to show you very practically what that looks like in my everyday life, it's called the SOAP journaling method. Now, if you've been around Community of Hope for a long time, you probably know what that is. And for those of you who are new, this is going to be a wonderful experience for you to learn. So SOAP, it's just an acronym, and it simply stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so what I do every single day, every single morning, is when I get up, I make myself a delicious cup of coffee. And something over COVID, I've begun roasting coffee, and so now I'm one of those snobs. And so I grind my freshly roasted coffee. I sit down. I have a spot on the couch that is, that is my spot. I open up my Bible, and I'm an analog person. Some of you might like to do it on your tablet or on your phone. There's no greater method. Whatever works for you. So the first thing you want to do is you want to pick a spot. My spot is on my couch. The second thing that you're going to do is you're going to pick a time. Now, what I have learned, the older I get and the more busy and more responsibilities, is that if I don't put it on my calendar, it's just, it's not going to happen. And maybe you know that too, and it kind of is silly, but if you look on my calendar on my phone, there's this 30 minutes that's carved out, and it just says journaling. And now sometimes it takes me 10 minutes, sometimes it takes me 15, but I just carve out 30 minutes every single day because I want to be intentional. The way that I look at it is this is my appointment with God every single day, that I get to sit at the feet of the master because he wants to guide and instruct me and you in our lives. And so I pick a place. It's on my couch with a delicious cup of coffee. I pick a time and I put it in my calendar. Now for you, you might not be a morning person, which is totally okay. Maybe you like to do it over lunch or late at night when you're going to bed. The time doesn't really matter. What matters is the consistency. So you're going to pick a place. You're going to pick a time. 
And the third thing, this is so important, is you want to pick a version of the Bible in which you understand. If you are reading a a version of the Bible that is hard for you to understand, you are unsure, let me tell you as someone who is getting their seminary degree, you can pick a new version. You are absolved. Pick a version in which you understand. And if you don't have a Bible you understand, come to one of our campuses. We will give you one for free. We, won't, we don't want any hindrance between you and the Word of God. So when you begin this soap journaling process, you need to pick a place, you need to pick a time, and then you need to pick a version of the Bible that you can understand. All right, we're going to walk through this acronym together. The first one is Scripture. And so what we're going to be doing, for those of you who are joining us for our journaling through John, what you're going to do is we're going to pick just one piece of Scripture. So it'll be John chapter 1. And what you're going to do is you're going to read all the way through John chapter 1, and you're going to pick one or two verses that kind of stand out to you. Maybe it's talking about the season of life that you're in, or maybe it is talking about something in your past that you have experienced, or maybe you just find it really interesting. And so what you're going to do is you're going to highlight, underline, and rewrite those one or two verses. And like I said, I'm analog, so I'll take my journal out and I'll just do S-O-A-P on the left-hand side of my paper, and then right on the right, I'll just write those two verses right next to the S. And so if we were taking Psalm 32 as an example, I would write down that first sentence, and that would kind of be my scripture for my focus. And what scripture tells us in 2 Timothy, it tells us something that is so unique about scripture, that it's unlike any other book. And when we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When you and I open scripture, this is unlike anything else. Theologians, if you're taking notes, go ahead and underline and circle the phrase, God-breathed. That all scripture is God-breathed. And as someone who has been studying and who's currently in seminary, we learn all these fun facts of there's over 40 different authors. It was written over three continents, over hundreds of years compiled. But what we know is that all scriptures God breathed, that the Holy Spirit was working through all of those authors. So when we open scripture, this is a living document of hope for his people and for the world. And so the first is scripture. We ground ourselves in scripture. And the next is observation. This is where you will take those one or two verses that you have selected out of your text. And I think of it this way. When I look for observation, I'm looking for context. I look for the who, what, when, where, why. What is going on in the story? Who is the author? Who is he writing to? What form of writing is it? So if we were looking at the psalmist once again, is it King David who's writing? Who is the audience who he's writing to? What is this type of language? Is it poetic? Is it literal? This is where I'm getting the context for what the author is trying to communicate. There's a wonderful resource that when I begin reading a new book in the Bible, I use it all the time. It's called The Bible Project. You can go ahead and look them up online, but it's a group of theologians that have put together these awesome videos, and they tell you all of the who, what, when, where, why of every book in the Bible. And it's an absolutely awesome resource that I lift up to you. 
And what you can do is when you're about to begin Leviticus and you're thinking, man, who is he writing to? Why are all these laws? Why are we making these sacrifices? It's a great resource where they kind of walk you through the who, what, when, where, and why. So you're going to pick your piece of scripture. You're going to look at your observation. Who is the who, what, when, where, why that they're talking about? And then this is where the the rubber meets the road is the application. So what you're going to ask yourselves during this application part is really you're going to hold your life up to scripture. And you're going to see how can I apply this scriptural truth to my life? So, for example, if we're going back to Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. So one of the questions, if I was looking at the application of this, would be, where in my life am I not allowing God to instruct me and to teach me? Where in my life do I need God more than ever to guide me and instruct me and and to teach me? And when I was thinking and preparing for this sermon this past week, the, the question really came up is, where have I experienced these biblical truths lived out in God's people because they have applied them to their life? And it brought me back to a memory when I was a young boy. We were just attending Community of Hope for a few months. I was in the third grade, seven, eight years old. I remember attending a Sunday school. We were at Roll Palm Beach High School. And for those who have been here a while, you know exactly what I mean. For those of you who are new, we were in Roll Palm Beach High School for 13 years. We'd have to set up every morning, tear down. Uh, it was an experience, to say the least. And I remember we started attending, my mom and I, and it was this wonderful experience. And I remember one day my mom was picking me up from elementary school, and she looked a little down. And so I asked, I said, Mom, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And she began to explain to me that my father was in the hospital and things weren't looking well. And I remember being the seven, eight-year-old boy, and I knew that hospitals were places that people went when they were sick, but I, I just couldn't really understand. And we were driving to Palms West Hospital, and she began to explain to me that, Brandon, this is, this is really serious. Your father, he might not make it. And I remember having this moment of my world just collapsing. My dad was my hero. We had a, a lovely and wonderful relationship, and I just felt the, the weight of the world on my chest. And I remember walking into Palms West Hospital. We're going past the waiting room, and there's this group of 15, 20 people. And it was all these people from Community of Hope. I mean, this church that we had just started attending for a few months, Pastor Dale and Beth and all these people were there, and I just, man, I was surprised by hope. I remember not knowing what was wrong with my dad, not knowing the outcome of what was going to happen, but I had this feeling that it was going to be okay, that I wasn't going to have to do this alone. And I remember they came alongside my family, and they just enveloped us in this love. And the reason I think they did that is because when they read Scripture, they began to apply it to their life. When they read, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, they showed up. And they showed up to my family in the hour of our greatest need, and they kept showing up. For the next 16 years, they kept showing up. My father had an ulcer in his stomach that tore, and he began to bleed, and he lost six quarts of blood, and he actually flatlined on the table. And then it was a miracle. He somehow came back to life, and he had brain damage, and he had nerve damage. And so this long road of recovery over 60 days in ICU... And as we began this recovery process, he became addicted to pain medication and then later alcohol. And what was once a good and loving home, it turned into something else. 
and community of hope was there every step of the way. If I needed money for camp or school or books, whatever it was, they met our need. And I think the only reason they did that is because they had a true relationship with Jesus. When they read scripture, they began to apply it to their life. And it has meant the world to me and to my family. I remember when this campus was being built and they were building this fountain. And many of you have seen this fountain before. And there's this piece of scripture out on this fountain. It's Romans chapter 15, 13. And I absolutely love what it says. It says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When they were building this fountain and the building was completed, the fountain wasn't working. There was this big sign saying not working. It just reminded me of like no hope here. And there's going to be moments in seasons in your life where it's like, there is no hope here. There is no way that this is going to get any better. That this circumstance, Brandon, you don't understand. It is far too big. And for you alone, it is. It is impossible. But we serve and worship the God of the impossible. And you don't have to do it alone. You have a community of believers who want to walk alongside you. And there are going to be seasons in your life where it feels like no hope. But God is the God of hope. Let me read this Romans 15, 13 again for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to be fountains of living hope for people to come and drink from because people are thirsty. Have you turned on the news? Have you listened to the radio? It's as if the world is burning and it leaves me wanting And it leaves me hopeful. But when I look back in my soap journaling methods as a middle schooler, and I look back on God's past faithfulness, it fills me with hope for the future because that's what God does. He doesn't fill me with optimism that things might get better. No, he fills me with hope grounded and rooted in his character and his past faithfulness. And some of you this morning, you need to read about God's past faithfulness. You need to be filled with hope once again in those places that feel like a dry desert. My prayer is that God would come and meet you in your desert. So that's the application. That is where the rubber meets the road. That is where you're holding your life up to scripture. And you're saying, God, meet me where I am. Where do I need encouragement Lord, do I need to confess anything to you or to others? What is it that you are saying to me? This isn't where you find something and you go, ooh, my spouse, they need to hear this. Haley needs to hear this, right? That is not this moment. This is for you. God is speaking directly to you at this time. And lastly, it's going to be prayer. And the prayer, I, I like to write out the prayer. And I will simply write, if we were looking at Psalm chapter 32, I'd write something like, Lord... Show me the areas in my life in which you are not guiding me and you are not leading me. Lord, would you help me to be more like you and less like my selfish self? And the prayer really is a moment where you're taking what you're writing, looking at that application and just asking God for help. And this is what I love. I mean, we just celebrated the Christmas and the Advent season where God came down to be with us. God wants to be with you. He is speaking to you and to me. But the question is, are we listening? Are we putting ourselves in a position to hear at the feet 
of the master. You and I have the wonderful opportunity to do that. And we have the wonderful opportunity to do that together starting tomorrow. I want to offer us a prayer as we close our time together. God, I'm so grateful that you are the God of hope. That Lord, when I look back on your past faithfulness, it just fills me for hope for the future because God, you are in control. Your will in the world, it will reign supreme. That God, that you are speaking to us, you are near us, you live in us with your Holy Spirit. That you are not far away, unfamiliar with our pain, but God, you came down on earth so that you would know what it is. And so, God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, everyone who is in the sound of my voice, Lord, would they know they are loved by you, that there is hope, that they are not stuck in that dry place, that you are speaking to them. And, God, my prayer for them this season is that they would come after you, that 2020, Lord Jesus, we'd carve time out of our calendar to meet, to have an appointment with you every single day. God, it is in your name that we pray. Amen. And I want to remind us, tomorrow we begin our journey through John. You're going to go to the YouVersion app. You're going to download the plan, Journey Through John. And on the 28th, you're going to hit start. And we're going to do this together. You don't need to feel intimidated. You don't have to have all the right words. God is going to meet you where you are. And together, we're going to learn and we're going to grow. And it's going to be a great experience. Let me offer this benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in God's peace and God bless.